Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Welcome to What's Eric Eating, Culture Map's weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. I have Michelle Wallace from Between Sandwich Co. coming up in a little bit. But first, I'm joined by my co-host this week. She is an expert on food, wine, and good times. We follow her on Instagram at Swanky Maven. Felice Sloan, welcome back to the show. How are you? Hey, hey, hey. I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing this. Let us dive right into the news of the week. Topic number one, Sandbrook's management has announced that 1751 CN Bar, its upscale seafood restaurant near the Heights, is going to close on March 4th. The company has chosen not to renew its lease. Instead, they will focus on Andiron, their new live fire steakhouse that is opening in late March, and a second location of the pit room that is opening near Memorial City Mall this fall. Felice, let me let me start at the beginning with you. Were you a 1751 fan? Are you going to miss this restaurant when it's gone? Um, I was definitely a fan. Um, to say I'll miss it, I don't know if I'll miss it. I didn't go as often in the last like year that I went in the beginning and I went a lot more in the beginning um, just because I just made more of an effort. And um, I used to love that those seafood place that was there before um, that they transitioned into. So I wanted to kind of get my favorites, even though it was a completely different menu. Um, I'll definitely miss it. I think that, um, you know, we need more seafood. I always say it. Uh, we need as many seafood places as we have steak places. And it just seems like whenever we get a good one, they don't make it. So um, I'm sad to see that we're losing this one. Yeah, I, you know, I'm with you in that, you know, you mentioned the restaurant that had been there before, which was, of course, Starfish. It went away when Cherry Pie Hospitality dissolved and and of course Sam Brooks bought you know that space from cherry pie but but I do think that that you know it really distinguished itself as 1751 you know that wonderful gin forward cocktail menu all those great mm-hmm. martinis gin and tonics etc you know really really fun raw bar program really one of my favorite seafood towers because you could get the poke and the oysters and the shrimp and the you know, there was always something new to try. You know, lobster chawan mushi is a favorite that really stands out. And I thought, you know, the way that they incorporated Asian flavors, you know, they used they used kimchi, they used sambal. You, you'd see all those kind of spicy elements. You know, it's a pretty special place. And and I think for those reasons, 
I am going to miss it. But, you know, you, you sort of talk about, you know, I, I don't think we're ever going to have as many, you know, fine seafood restaurants as we have steakhouses. We're just, we're just not that city. But we are kind of in the middle of a growing movement of new seafood restaurants, you know, Gulf Strauman that opened at the Post. And, and I know, you know, not everybody loves the atmosphere, but the food has always been exceptional. You know, Navy Blue opened last year. That's doing very well in Rice Village. And then we, we have a couple more coming. Right, right. Balboa right. Surf Club from the owners of El Braco and Little's Oyster House, the new seafood restaurant in the old uh, Little Pappas space. It's going to have like a pretty big push on caviar. Right. You know. No, I'm definitely excited about those. I think we need them, you know. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, just expound on that a little bit. Like, what do you think about this moment in which like all of a sudden we're going to have more seafood restaurants than we have, you know, certainly in the last five years, maybe even in the last 10 I think, um, again, I, I think people are listening to me when they listen to the show. Um, I'm constantly saying it that, hey, we need more seafood places. But, um, also I guess there, folks are looking at the landscape of what are we missing? And we really are, it, it's crazy to me that we are a city that has amazing seafood right down the street like we can get access to it very easily if it's down the street if it's flown in we have access and we just don't have as many whenever people visit here or travel and they're looking for seafood you you literally have a handful of seafood places and when i say a handful compared to um if someone says I want a great burger. I can like, okay, what, what type of burger do you like? I want a great steak. I want great Asian. Like, I'm okay. I, I can just go off the top of the dome and give them a list of 10 to 12 easy. Seafood, not so much. So there's definitely a place for all the um, restaurants that are coming. And I also... I always hope that some that are here like evolve so they can be around like evolve and kind of listen listen to their customers do the things that they need to do to elevate um what they're offering to the next level yeah because there are there are restaurants that they aren't seafood restaurants per se but they they do seafood well right i'm thinking about liberty kitchen i'm thinking about right State of Grace, Field and Tides. So, you know, those aren't seafood restaurants in my mind, but, you know, you can get, they do have the raw bar. You can get a nicely cooked piece of fish there. They have a couple of different options. So, yeah, I, I don't know that we're ever going to be inundated with with seafood restaurants to the point that, y- you know, it's like the the complaint that we always see on Facebook whenever there's like a new steakhouse or another Tex-Mex place. People are like, oh, not another one of those. It's like, well, <laughs> right, you know, right. you and I've been I've been commenting about this recently because we've been sort of dealing with it. it's like show me one that's closed right show me show me the steakhouse that that's not doing well show me the Tex-Mex place that's closed right and then people <laughs> will people will stop opening them but until then uh, we're going to keep getting more of them and and so not to get not to be totally off the rails but I and I don't think 1751 necessarily failed I think you know it's it's facing a lease renewal and and a bunch of other projects on the books 
it, it just kind of made sense for them to walk away from. No, that. I agree. And, and maybe I find agree. a new space for it down the road. I think. Right. That it, space is awful. Let's, let's just, to your point, the space is awful. Now to say, there have been times, because you know I hate the valet park, that's a whole nother conversation. There have been times where I've been over there like, oh, what do I want, right? Going down that street and I'm like, 1751. And I looked over there. There's nowhere to park. I keep driving. Like, it's not even an option for me. I keep driving because I don't want to sit. Even if I were going to valet, sit in the car to wait for the valet to come. And then I'm like, where's he going to park my car? Like, it's just too much. It's too much stress. I know I'm high maintenance, but yes. So I can see that. Well, and that location is a little bit strange in the sense that it's not the Heights, Right, it's south of I ten, mm-hmm. but it's 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 north of the railroad tracks, and so it's not really Washington Avenue, and so it's kind of in this no man's land, and it's close to that Walmart, and basically everything around it in that little zone is all chain restaurants. Right, there's yeah, you know, there's a there's a Barnaby's. I think that's the only thing that even kind of comes close to being local. You know, there's a Starbucks, there's there's a Poke place, there's this, there's that. And so I think it's a, it's like a little bit of a strange location for a, a relatively fine dining, a relatively expensive seafood restaurant, because it's a little bit off people's radar. They don't they don't think to go there. And so I think, you know, I would either I would move that restaurant in the Heights and I think it would be fine. Like if it were on, you know, White Oak or or right. 19th or, or whatever. Look, or just across the railroad, right? Like right. when you literally right. go or move it to Washington Avenue, out. exactly right. Right, you go across the railroad and then it the restaurants change. So yeah. <laughs> right, exactly right. So it's just it's a little bit, but yeah. So I, I do hope that, that it's not gone for good because I, I have enjoyed my meals there and, and I would like to see it come back. But yeah, maybe in a new location. All right, let us move on to topic number two. Speaking of rapidly growing restaurant groups, Berg Hospitality, the owner of places like B&B Butchers, the Annie Cafe, and Trattoria Sofia, announced that it is opening Buttermilk Baby, a diner-style restaurant devoted to biscuits, burgers, chicken sandwiches, and Carvel ice cream in the MKT development at Shepherd and I-10. Yay! Yay! All right. Well, you saved That's me asking you, you, you saved me asking you the question. <laughs> Why are you saying yay? What is so exciting about this for you? Um, well, let's just say they are killing it on opening new restaurants. And let's just say this is one that I can get behind with the new concept. I'm going to leave that right there. This is one that I can fully get behind and think that it totally makes sense that's non-controversial and that's actually needed. There is like what they're doing when I saw the concept, I'm like, yeah, this is, it's fun, um, kind of casual, but very approachable. Like things where uh, when I can't decide what I want, I just want comfort food, right? I'm like, oh, I want a good chicken sandwich. I want a good burger with a good experience and a good atmosphere. And they do all of those things well. So I'm here for it. No, I, I think all of that is very well said. <laughs> I think a, a family-friendly burger place, chicken sandwich, kind of a simplified diner menu 
you know, relatively affordable. It's because I, because when I was talking to Ben Berg, the owner of Berg Hospitality mm-hmm. about the restaurant, I was like, so, so just tell me how it's, how is it different than BB Lemon? Because I think that BB Lemon is kind of comfort food. You know, they've got that great burger and he's like, well, we're going to have a completely different burger. <laughs> it's not going to be Wagyu. It's going to be a different blend. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a pub. It's dark. It's intimate. It's small. This is going to be yeah. bright colors, pastels, you know, very kind of Instagram friendly. And it's going to have the Carvel ice cream, which they, they've they had locations in different parts of Houston off and on over the years. But I'm going to say that none of them were run by someone who loves Carvel and who grew up with Carvel in quite the same way that Ben Berg did. Right. Yeah. And so I think it's just going to be a better Carvel experience from someone who who really loves that brand and they'll do the Sundays and they'll do the milkshakes and they'll have the cakes, all this other stuff. And, and shout out to the guy on Facebook who was like, well, you could buy a Carvel ice cream cake in the grocery store. <laughs> not you know, the same. It's not the same, <laughs> right? You can't, not you can't buy a fudgy to whale in a grocery store. <laughs> so, you know, I, I just, yeah, it's not the same. And and this is going to be more of an experience. And and so I think this is all good things. And and when this opens in the fall, you know, not like not like parking at MKT is easy as it is when everything's really humming, but uh it's gonna get a little harder. It'll get a little harder. But again, so now to say there's plenty of parking though, right? So I can drive around and you know we've done this and wait and find a parking space and be happy and, and just be comfortable, right? Um, I think it fits the location and it's family friendly. Um, it is, I think Ben will do an amazing job. I can't even wait to see how it's like decked out. I saw some of the illustrations, I think, on um, the article that you did. So I like got excited where I'm like, I can see this. It's his... Um, like him bringing his New York experience to Texas with his Texas experience and making it just good and yummy. And I'm, I'm excited. I really am. I love when I love his concepts and um, yeah, congratulations to them because it's going to do well. Right. Right. And they're going to do breakfast and they're going to have biscuits and biscuit sandwiches. And I mm. have confirmed you will be able to get your burger on a biscuit. And personally, I can't wait. Oh wow, that that that's gonna be good. I'm I'm excited. So right there, we are talking about burgers. <laughs> Earlier, I'm like, okay, what type of burger do you want? Do you want it on a biscuit? Okay, I know where we're going. You see? Right, right. And and do you want it with? You know, do you want a Carvel Sunday for dessert? And, right. and you know, you know, and 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 no disrespect, you know, Honey Child Sweet Creams is also in the MKT development. And, and she makes fantastic ice cream. And, and I just, I love that, you know, I love her flavors and it's locally sourced. It's all that. Mm-hmm. This is, this is different, you know? And, and so I, I feel a little bit bad for honey child's cause you know, they've been, they've been doing very well there and, and, you know, dinner at Mala Sichuan followed by a, a couple of scoops of ice cream is a really good evening as far as I'm concerned, but you know, this will be a little different. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how they sort of coexist. I think. Yeah. I think it'll, I think it'll be good. I think both of them will be fine. Absolutely. All right. And then topic number three, I don't want to, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but Eloise Nichols has, has shifted their focus a little bit. This is, this is part of the Adair concepts family. So you've got Adair kitchen, you've got Los Tios, you've got 
the Betas, the Juice Bar on Westheimer. It opened uh, six years ago with a little bit of a fine dining focus, you know, a cocktail program, a raw bar, uh, you know, separate menus for lunch and dinner. And and they've just decided they're going to move away from some of that. So it'll have one menu. They'll, they'll do breakfast now. And then they'll have one menu for lunch and dinner. Slimmed down the cocktail menu, got rid of the raw bar, just made things a little bit simpler, a little more casual. Felice, let me just throw it to you. I mean, I, I have to admit, it's been it's been a few years since I've been to Eloise Nichols. Uh, I think this might be the this might be the change that prompts me to to make a return visit. I was gonna say, me too. It's been some years. I love them. Love, love, love that family. Um, I'm excited for them. Um, so congratulations. The breakfast, you know, the 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 shift, all these places adding breakfast. Breakfast, we're gonna be talking about that soon, I bet. Um, because it is a smart thing to do. And yeah, I'm I'm ready. I'll go. I'll definitely go back and try it because now I have a reason to go. Um, I can get in and out, it's casual, I can get breakfast and just kinda just have no fuss food and be happy. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was looking at the breakfast menu. It's it's all the stuff that you kind of want, right? There's a right. there's a pole, there's breakfast sandwiches, there's a breakfast plate with scrambled eggs and bacon, there's pancakes, there's breakfast tacos. You know, it's easy, it's approachable, it's not very expensive. And, you know, I, I was thinking about we haven't really talked about it on the on the show, but there's Little Hen, this brunch concept from Miami that just opened in River Oaks District. That's like a whole commitment. You know, it's it's Correct. very it's a thing. I gotta get dressed. Yeah, you gotta, gotta get dressed up. It's 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 got all these florals. It's got tea. It's got all these things, and it's and it's fun and it's really nice. But like sometimes I just want like pancakes and bacon. Correct. And I, and I want to go. I want to go in last night's you know shirt and and just eat and then start my day after that. And you can do that. You can do that at a Louis Nichols, and you definitely can't do that at Little Hen. Correct. Yeah, that's that's what I like about it. Right. I can just go and eat and enjoy my food and be happy. <laughs> I can go a little ahead and be happy, but it's it's a process. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Lisa, I'm going to say that does it for the news of the week. We'll be right back with our restaurant of the week. Stick around. Felice, for our restaurant of the week, I want to talk to you about Fat Boys Pizza. This is the Louisiana-based restaurant that just opened its first Houston location in Richmond with more to come throughout the Houston area. You know, I I kind of, I almost want to do like a, uh, like a Dave Portnoy thing, you know, pizza review time, Fat Boys, we're at Fat Boys Pizza. Oh, it's from Louisiana. I don't, I don't know what they know about pizza in Louisiana, but you know, we're going to give this a try one bite. Everybody knows the rules. Here we go. Fat boys pizza. But, but then I also think like, you know, maybe I should just let Dave Portnoy have his stick and not try to rip him off. But if I, if I were going to do that, that's kind of what it would sound like in a, in a half-assed. I think you did a wonderful job. I think you did a wonderful job. Yeah. All right. So me riffing on Dave Portnoy, I'm going to give it like in the, like a, like a mid six, like a six, seven, six, eight. Because I, what I like about Fat Boys Pizza is it's, it's, you know, it's they're big, right? Thirty inch pies. You get these giant slices. It's not too floppy. It's got, it's got some texture to it. 
you know, the toppings are good. The, the sauce isn't too sweet. It all comes together really well. But is it among my favorite pizzas? No, no, it's not. But, but would I eat it again? Very happily. So that's where, that's how I wound up at like a, on, a, on the, on the barstool scale of like a six, eight. Um, as a person that, to be fair, I'm not a pizza person, you know that. So for me to rant and rave about the pizza and to give it like a seven, eight, it has to be just wow. Um, I would give it a five. I would give it a five. Ooh. And yeah, I would give it a five based on the things I just said, right? It was just okay. I'm like, oh, it's pizza, right? It's pizza. Now, the one, I think I tried three different, um, I tried the meat. Um, I had a bite of the, like, the Supreme or the one that you had with the veggies. Ah, it was okay. I mean, I, I won't even throw. It was okay. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, it's cool. And when people ask me, I'm like, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> I enjoyed, though, the Skinny Boy. Um, the Skinny Boy was the um, one with the Gulf Shrimp, the artichoke hearts, tomatoes, mozzarella, um, garlic oil, and baby spinach. I thought that was outstanding. Okay, so if I were just rating it on that, I would maybe bump it up to a six. Now, experience out of this world in the sense of if the, the, the customer service, like they are very on it. Um, they're, um, they had a lot of young people and they were on it. Even if they made a mistake or whatever, like it was, it was super busy. I just thought, and I think I told you and the owner, I'm like, wow, how did you train your people? Cause I was very impressed. So again, if I'm taking all things in consideration, that's, that's why I scored it. I just scored it on the pizza, right? Based on the experience, the customer serviceness, um, the customer service, the attentiveness, that they had a bar, because it really is a family-friendly restaurant. Let's just be clear. I, on a regular day, would I just go there unless I was going to people with kids? I would not. However, that bar may get me back there <laughs> because there's a full bar. You know, they have an arcade for kids. Um, their patio is huge with areas for um, kids to run around and everything. So it's a little... Uh, kid friendly, too kid friendly for a single girl like me. Um, but I'm loving what they're doing for suburbia. Yeah, I, I think all of that is well said. And I just want to affirm the, the service is fantastic. Super. And and look, we went to a, a media night, a preview night. But, you know, just the, the friendliness and the enthusiasm, I think that that comes through kind of regardless of, you know, who's in the building. I think the pizza is fine. Like it's, it's definitely good enough. And if, and if your choice is, if you, if you live out in Richmond or Katy where they're opening the second location, if your choice is some national chain or fat boys, like fat boys is fat way boys. better than, yes. than your, you know, Domino's, Papa John's, all that kind of stuff. Like, give me, give me fat boys every time. The other thing is the, the not pizza, you know, the mozzarella sticks, the wings. Uh, I thought all of that was the meatballs. I thought all of those were, were very good. Uh, judging yep. by judged against kind of the their standard competition and like you said they're full bar so you know they're they're from louisiana so they do they do the daiquiris and you can get a gallon of frozen daiquiri to go if that's your thing like they'll they'll happily sell you that so you know there's a lot to kind of recommend this and and 
as you said, it is very family friendly, right? The big shareable slices, the arcade for the kids. It's next to a green space in the shopping center. So the kids can run around while the, the grownups eat. You know, I think I think they're really onto something with this place. And and you know, if there were one inside the loop, like I I don't know, uh I, I don't know how often it would be in the rotation. I'm I'm still I'm I'm pretty content with my current crop of pizza choices, especially since Home Slice opened uh nearby. But I think I, you I would think... put it in your rotation when um your sister's in town, your other sister's here, it'll be a great place for the kids. Yeah, and good, good for you, the family. And, yeah. and honestly, like, you know, when I want a pizza and wings, like there aren't... The wings were amazing. The wings were great. And, you know, I just ordered, you know, not to... I ordered pizza and wings from from Pink's recently. And it was just, you know, it was like, it was okay. You know, like, I I think the, the Pink's pizza is probably of a similar quality to Fat Boy's. But the, the wings from Fat Boy's are way better. So just on that standard, it's like, all right, well, maybe I just, maybe I would, maybe it would be in the rotation. Yep, I agree. So overall, so my ranking, my score was just based on pizza, right? And then other things. So when you add everything together, that we just named the non pizza options, the bar experience, it goes up to a 7.5. Oh, well, see, that's, that's the monster, you know. On the Dave Portnoy scale, seven five is a monster score. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Big number, very successful. Yeah, yeah. You know, must visit. Yes, because you know, again, for non pizza, like if I went with you and I'm like, yeah, I'm not feeling pizza, I would go, oh yeah, I would think no, I wouldn't have a, a second thought because I would get everything else but pizza, right? And I would be very happy. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so. Uh, so on the on the pizza alone, you know, I think. As I as in my interpretation of the the barstool scale, six eight, right? Pretty good, you know. Good for your neighborhood. Not a destination, you know. Do not listen to this podcast and drive to Katie from or Richmond <laughs> from from downtown and then come back at me and say the pizza sucks. Look, I'm not telling you to do that. I'm saying if you live in Richmond, Katie, Sugarland, and you're looking and you like pizza and you've got kids and you're looking for a new option. You will enjoy this. That yes. that's what I'm saying. I agree. All right, Felice. I'm going to say that does it for the restaurant of the week. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. And I will be right back with Michelle Wallace. I am joined this week by the chef owner of Between Sandwich Co., a new pop-up that is making its way onto the Houston scene. Michelle Wallace, welcome back to the show. How are you? Hi, everybody. I'm doing well. Um, I'm excited and overwhelmed at times, but mostly excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I want to I want to take you back a little bit. I, I want to talk about Between Sandwich Company, obviously, but I want to I want to go back just a little bit because the last time I talked to you yes. was a couple of years ago, and it was before the opening of Gatlin's Fins and Feathers, the the southern restaurant that you opened with Greg Gatlin while you uh -huh. were still working as the executive chef for for Gatlin. So let me just start with Fins and Feathers because it was still just an idea. I mean, you had a lease, and 
maybe you'd started a little bit of construction, but it wasn't really fully formed yet. So tell me a little bit about opening, like developing that menu and opening that restaurant. Cause it's, it's kind of, it's really taken off, you know, from, from my perspective. Yeah. So um, the development of that was the idea of it actually came back what the last hurricane that we had. And we ended up selling fried chicken uh, during the time when all the roads were shut down. You couldn't get it product. We were sitting on a lot of chicken. And so we decided to smoke some. And then we was like, okay, let's just fry some to give the community, the immediate community right there, just a a little bit something different. Well, that just kind of took off because everybody kept coming into to Gatlin's Barbecue asking like, oh, I want to order fried chicken. And we were like, no, we just kind of did that to offer something different and something, you know, more than just barbecue since everyone was just kind of just stuck where they were. Um, and so we just kept thinking about this idea of just serving uh, some like fried catfish and fried chicken. And that's really kind of how Fins and Feathers started. We kind of just snowballed into a menu and that menu, that menu evolved over time. I mean, some of the early notes you should see, but how in which it ended up, I think, is really kind of just solid. It's filling a void, especially in that area. And um, the menu, the design of the menu was meant to be kind of simplistic, but also give us some really great flavors, some great flavors of our just past and, and growth uh, with the fried chicken and the fried cat, soulful connections there. And then through our travels, you know, I studied in, in, in China. And so you'll see some Asian influence in that menu. Um, and then we, you know, we brought in some other talent. So we wanted to be really leave it open and not kind of pigeonhole into just like Cajun or, you know what I mean? Like that Southern Cajun uh, next to the water. We wanted to kind of broaden it and show some other flavors. Hence the via Cajun uh, <laughs> catfish sandwich. Uh, I'm sorry, the via Cajun hot chicken sandwich and fish sandwich and some other items on that menu. Well, yeah. And I, I, I mean, I do think, you know, you, you talk about filling a niche, but of course, you know, you're doing fried chicken and fried shrimp right next to barbecue Inn, which has been there for generations and is very well known for those dishes, but, but you did it in such a way it's, a, you know, it's obviously it's a little more modern and you do your own things, right? You talk about the oysters, certainly the biscuits, Yes. <laughs> you know, there's all these little things that kind of make it your own. And, and so I yeah. think that's that's part of why I think it's resonated with people. I, I I would agree. I think it is a little bit more modern. And as, as, as much of a staple as barbecue in is, I think there was just still some room for us to kind of come in and do our thing with that. You know, just just kind of put our own imprint on on some of these classic dishes um, that we like to just showcase. So. It was, it was, I thought it was cool. Everybody who asked us like the location when we, when he signed the lease, they were like, well, isn't barbecue in down the street? And we're like, yeah. Well, aren't you afraid that you won't get people in there? And we're like, no, it'll be okay. There's enough room for us. <laughs> yeah. Look, you, you won't say it cause you're, you're nice, but I don't, I don't have to be as nice cause this is my podcast. <laughs> I love barbecue in the, the, the atmosphere, the, the, the chicken is super crispy. It's bland. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how they season it. Look, you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to say anything. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to ask you to try, but like it's, it's bland. And so, you know, you've got a little, a little Cajun spice to it, you know, a little more, a little more salt and pepper and it. And it just, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, it tastes different, you know, like, and, yeah. and I'll, I'll leave that up to people to decide which one they yeah, like better. But, I, like but I, I think it's fair to give people a choice. And, you know, I, I went kind of in the early days, you guys were still kind of finding your footing with it. Oh, yeah. 
but but just kind of how did it how did it evolve? How did you kind of get to the point where you felt like you could you could step away from you could leave it and step away from the company and know that it would still be in good hands? Um, that evolution really. I, st- I still feel nervous about leaving that. Like, you know, Greg and I are such great friends and, and the people that are, are employed in both locations are really, really great people. They're people who want to learn. But at some point for others to grow, you have to allow them space to grow. And, um, and, and for myself, there had to be growth, right? And so I kind of wanted to drive the ship a little bit more. And although Greg, Greg gave me a lot of free reign with, additions to the menu and creating those things, you know, I kind of just really had this idea for sandwiches and I just kind of really wanted to delve into that. And um, we had gotten some good people in there and I was just like, you know, there's no time like the present to kind of just step out on my own and, and, and see if, uh, you know, I can make this thing fly, my ideas fly. And so here we are. All right. So, so tell me about, you said you had this idea for sandwiches. Why sandwiches? Like why, of all of the, because, you know, people don't, people don't know this. I mean, you worked for Marcali at, at yeah. Peche, Peche back in the day, mm-hmm. you know, you worked for a, a very fine culinary, a very elegant catering company. Mm-hmm. Like you're not just barbecue and fried chicken. You've, you've got a full set of skills. So why, why sandwiches? Um, for me, a good sandwich is everything. Uh, growing up, I tell this story and I, I'm sure I've said it in an interview. My mother would be like, okay, she's cooked all week. Or my parents would cook all week and then it gets to like Saturday and they're like, you can fix you a cold cut sandwich, right? But I just always felt like that was like a challenge. It was like, how do I take part of these leftovers and create a great sandwich and it be something that is just not, you know, packaged turkey, right? And so for me, um, and, and then now knowing what I know, having traveled and studied in China, having studied under Mark Holly and, and all these amazing chefs and working, worked in these great places. It was like you can really a sandwich is a complete meal and it can be it can be interesting. Right. It's not just turkey and mayo and mustard. It can be, you know, pate or foie gras or, you know, some of these things that are so elevated, but put into this simplistic form of a sandwich. And it's much more approachable. And I think you can can be more creative with between the slices, which is why that's my name. (laughs) Right. So so tell me about kind of. You know, because it's such a trope, right? People always complain, like, we're not, Houston is not a sandwich town. We don't, you know, there there aren't restaurants. People don't feel like there are enough places to get a good sandwich. So so talk to me about kind of, what, what makes a great sandwich? What makes a great sandwich is uh, really good. So the everything has to work like a song, right? You have a beginning, you have the middle, you have the end. The, the bread has to work as your, your start and finish. And then what's between there just has to all kind of make sense. And so as you bite into the sandwich, it has to give you a crunch. There could be some, some heat differences. Is there a cooling element? Is there a hot element? Is there something spicy? Is there something sweet? So what song is your sandwich telling you, right? And so for me, just having a complete song in, within the sandwich makes a great sandwich. And so what, as I approach building a sandwich, those are the things I look for. What's giving me texture? What's giving me crunch? Is there a heating element? Do I have a sweet element for balance? What, you know, all of these things that come into play, just m- much like when I'm plating a dish, um, you know, at a, at a normal restaurant, when I'm going to plate something super fancy, I still apply those things to a sandwich. So those are what makes a, a great sandwich for me. I mean, it really, really does just start with really great bread and really special ingredients on the inside. 
And one of the most perfect sandwiches will always and forever be a peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> All right. Crunchy or smooth? <laughs> Uh, I can go both. I tend to like crunchy a little more though. Yeah. You want the texture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, all right. And then do you toast the bread for the PB and J or do you not? No, it has to get stuck to the roof of your mouth. That's what makes it special. <laughs> <laughs> and then what flavor jam? Strawberry. Okay. Yeah. The so crunchy strawberry. Yeah. Cut the, do you cut the crust off? No, no, no. That's a part of the experience. <laughs> um, you decide to leave Gatlin's you start mm -hmm. between the slices why a, why a pop-up like why not just find a restaurant and and go um part of me kind of wanted to take a little bit of time to kind of decompress I've been going so hard part of part of my growth in this industry especially within Houston there are so many amazing chefs so many amazing restaurants I really just kind of wanted to find a place for myself I wanted to grow and I've been putting in work, you know, for the last six years, I've been in barbecue. I've been showing up, you know, four o'clock in the morning, starting the pit, working sometimes 18, 20 hours a day. I mean, there was a couple of times we worked 24 hours before, and I've been doing that for six plus years, just grinding, grinding, grinding. And I kind of wanted to um, take just a little bit of time, kind of gather my myself, my thoughts, the everything with this business and building it and making sure that it, it's done properly. And then also allow myself a little bit of time to travel and, and, and kind of just decompress before I go it fully into a brick and mortar. And I also think that like doing pop-ups, I'm able to kind of play around with some flavors, with some things, what things work, what things don't, without having it to be, you know, stuck on a, on a, on a full-time menu. Not that you can't do that at a brick and mortar, but I think pop-ups are fun. I, and I enjoy meeting people at pop-ups, pop -up, you know, people are, are just having a great time. Um, I don't know. I just, I like the pop-up arena uh, for those reasons. So. Well, and, and that's been a really interesting like arc for some of these new restaurants. I mean, you know, thought I had a Bostonani on the show recently, you know, Burger Bodega started as a pop-up, you know, Angelo Emiliani has been on a couple of times before there was, uh, Louis. Cafe Louis or now Louis mm -hmm. Italian American. There was Angie's Pizza. Uh, so I, I do think it's it's an interesting way to kind of get your name out there. And, you know, people like people certainly know Gatlin's Barbecue, you know, but they may not know Michelle Wallace or not in the same way. And and it it kind of lets you establish your own identity. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Uh, part of it's been only what now two full months that I've been gone and and some of the, the reception that I've see, received, you know, thanks to you guys all, of, you know, it's been amazing. It's like, oh, my God, yes, you were you were at Gatlin's. You were doing these things. I, I'm familiar with that. I didn't realize that was you. And, and so hearing people say that I will always and forever love somebody to love my food before they know me. And so to have that happen in occurrences with just kind of meeting some people along the way has been amazing. Well, yeah. So tell me about some of the dishes that you're testing. Like, what have you, what have you been serving at, at the couple of pop-ups that you've held so far? So the first pop-up I did was uh, all biscuit-based sandwiches. And I think people kind of know me for these biscuits, but uh, in a more savory manner. I did, um, I did a shrimp biscuit, which will probably see, will stay on the menu. And that was marinated in like coconut milk and curry and, you know, rice el hanout. And then I had a saffron mango sauce over top. 
And so people were just buying biscuits with that sauce. People were enjoying the shrimp biscuit because we see chicken biscuits all the time. And I thought it would be cool to have a crispy shrimp biscuit. And it went over amazingly. So that's probably going to be a mainstay. Um, on my next pop-up, I'm planning to do pretty much, I think I may do all seafood. But I did this smoked uh, catfish dish at the James Beard event. And that went over well. So you'll probably see a smoked catfish sandwich on that. Uh, in that pop-up. You'll see some uh, other seafood. I'm, I'm playing around with a, a scallop roll instead of a lobster roll. Um, so you'll see some dishes like that. Yeah, I mean, are there are there styles of sandwich that you're like, I, I got to do a BLT, I got to do a Reuben, I got like, do you, do you have ideas for some of these classics? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I, I love a great BLT and um, whether it's going to be traditional or not, I'm looking at one with like a pork belly and bacon. So it's just like a really pork overload in that with a great sauce. So you'll see some things like that. Um, I'm playing around with a pork chop sandwich. I grew up eating pork chop sandwiches. So you might see like a Southern fried pork chop sandwich. Um, uh, great turkey. I love a great turkey sandwich. So I may play around with like a hot brown or something like that. So you'll see some of those items yet. Yeah. And then you you mentioned uh, the James Beard event. You were part of their Taste Twenty class. Yeah. Tell tell me a little bit about what that what that represented and and how you got involved in that. Um, I have no idea how my name got thrown into the hat. I woke up one morning and there was an email from the James Beard Foundation. I, I, as a matter of fact, I think I ended up calling Greg and I was like, "Did did you know about this? Like, James Beard just reached out about Taste America." And and I have no idea who put my name in the hat, but what it meant is is um, every year this past year was was its tenth year, so I was in the tenth year's class, and they choose twenty chefs from around the country to host the city of which they cook in, and that's uh, <laughs> I mean twenty. Can you imagine like in the whole United States, out of all the chefs in America, I was one of them. So it's a fundraising event for uh, scholarship funds, other events that James Bear do. And so they, they go around the country, they host these dinners and um, yeah, I got to host the city of Houston. Um, as I look back through the years, some really great chefs um, have been hosts. I believe Aaron Bluedorn was a host one year. Um, and just, I mean, it really was just an amazing, an amazing uh, thing to uh, be a part of. And, and you got to go to a couple of the cities, right? You got to travel a little bit. Yeah, they, um, so as I hosted Houston, um, I got to be a guest chef in another city. So Seattle was my, my guest chef appearance and that went over well. And, um, I, and then there was a second sub, uh, event in San Antonio that they had me be a part of. And then most recently they did the chef summit. And so I was invited to that to give my feedback and, uh, kind of partake in some of the topics that they were discussing for our industry as, you know, I, uh, healthcare and, and uh farming and all of those uh, all of those types of things yeah yeah i mean see seattle now that's a city that that's kind of known for great sandwich culture it it you do it, it is i so many people have told me that and we got a chance to um me and the team that i, I took up there we got a chance to check out one place and thought it was phenomenal and i can't remember the name and it was open late and it was or even overnight but they, they did some really great things. And so I took some notes from them. The space was super eclectic. Um, I really loved my visit to Seattle. I could see myself going back very soon. <laughs> All right. So you've done a couple of pop-ups so far. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, tell me about the response. I mean, you know, is it, 
do people get it? Do they, are they surprised? Are they like, how are they feeling about what you've got going on so far? They um, are surprised is I think the right word. Um, and then after they experience the sandwich, it's like, okay, I get it. I get it now. Um, but ultimately, you know, as I'm testing and doing these pop-ups, um, and, and then where they'll end up in a brick and mortar is the goal. I think it'll all kind of come together at that point. But the reception has been amazing. I mean, <laughs> I don't think sometimes the people who do know me just n knew me a lot from barbecue. So they was like, I didn't even know you you could be on this. And I'm like, like, that's all I did at the barbecue place. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, the reception has been super amazing. And um, I think people are slowly getting it. I think the name and the apostrophe was kind of throwing people out. And they were like, what? I don't understand. But then after I was able to kind of talk to them and them experiencing the sandwiches, I think they get it. Yeah. So you, you mentioned a brick and mortar. You, you've anticipated my next question. I mean, what are your what are your thoughts? I mean, about, you know, timing and, and location? Like, do you, do you have a sense of kind of where you would like yeah. this restaurant to be and when you want it to open? Um, I'm thinking probably third or fourth quarter of next year. So it could be anywhere, you know, mid-year next year or after. Um, uh, somewhere within this city, I'm looking at uh, kind of the east downtown area just because it's still slightly untapped. And there's I can probably get some uh, space for my dollars there. Um, but I'm also not sold on that space. So for what I feel like would be the perfect space, um, not too big, but not too small, maybe a small patio filling. Um, I really have some unique ideas with that that I can't share right now, but um, it's really going to be a unique thing. And Houston hasn't seen anything like this um, in a very long time. So I'm excited about it. Um, things are coming together with funding and, and getting that ball rolling. So uh, I'm, I can't wait till I, I, I'm able to speak fully on it. Well, and like you said, you are you are taking some time off, or you've, you've you're obviously you're doing the pop up thing, but you're not in a kitchen yeah. full time. So, where have you been eating? Like, what's exciting you right now? Oh, great question. Because you know, I really didn't go out a lot when I was working because I would just wake up so early and go home and crash. But probably one of the best meals that I've had recently was at Louis, and Angelo was there. And, you know, we all had a great great laugh. I was with some other chef friends of the city. And that pasta was just, oh my gosh. We went on Monday, I think it's an industry night. That pasta was amazing. Um, I, I love, Mad is one of my favorite restaurants in the city. He is phenomenal at what he does over at Mad. Um, where else? Let's see, where else, where else, where else? Um, oh, I'm Tiny Champions. I can't get enough of the pizza. <laughs> I can't get enough of that pizza at Tiny Champion. So those are a couple of places where I go. You know, I, I like the I like the pizza Tiny Champions. It's the stuff that stands out are those like all those like little vegetable dishes, like the braised beans yes. or the uh the the shaved the mushrooms with the shaved uh parmesan. Yes. This is my it this took... is my tiny champions menu hack. I'm gonna give this to you for free. Okay. You order <laughs> like a basic pizza, like a, a cheese or a sausage or and then you you get the mushrooms and you put the cold mushrooms on the hot pizza. Mm, I love you just, it. You stack it right on top. And it's, yeah, there's just, you get the hot and the cold and the crunchy and it's like, it's perfect. Oh. And I never say that about food, but it's really smart. I have to try that next time. 
Yeah, I I don't always think like I think that menu is like kind of sneaky in that it doesn't it it's kind of under promises. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's it, you can't you read it and you don't quite know what you're going to get and then you get it and you're like you're eating these braised beans and you're like I've never I've never I've never tasted something like this before like I I can't stop eating this. I would agree. I I went on there and I thought the menu is it's not overwhelming, it's not large. And I was like, okay. I was like, these things must be great. And they were. I mean, to have a menu so kind of just smaller and simplistic in its description. Beautiful. I I love that place. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then do you have any more plans to travel? I mean, you know, you said, you know, you mentioned that you've, you've been to China. I mean, do you, do you have like, now that things have kind of opened back up, do you, do you have any more like places you want to go before you get like really into the thick of opening a new restaurant? Uh, yeah, um, looking to possibly go to Spain. I love Spain and Spanish food. I love how in which they present their food. Um, and, uh, just the flavors of Spain are, is one of my favorites. And so I'm hoping I can get there. Um, I'm, I'm looking at tickets now. There is a conversation amongst a few chefs locally, and I won't name names because this is not fully my news to announce. Um, but they're trying to have a um, kind of excursion over to Africa. I'm not quite sure where, if it's going to be Ghana or Nigeria. Um, everything is still all in the work. So I may be in Africa at some point as well. So. Oh, well, that would be that would be very cool. That would be. I'm so excited and I hope it all works out. <laughs> yeah, I, I just saw that uh, Aaron Bludorn and uh, Sharif and Boj went to uh, they were just in Senegal. And Sharif is oh, really? Senegalese. Yeah. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't so know. That. I hadn't read that. Yeah. I. They went with uh, maybe Savor. Like, so I think it's going to be all documented, you know, mm-hmm. in okay. some very lush article. But, you know, I, I like this kind of uh, interplay, you know, and and certainly what Ope is doing at uh, Chopping <sighs> Block has been so incredible. Yeah. So, yeah, give me give me more of that. Bring bring more of those flavors. Yeah, listen, I I am here. I'm so and see, this is one of the things. This is one of the things why you know, as much like I said, as much as Greg is my brother, I had to get away because so many things have been coming my way with just different ex- cooking experiences and learning, and some of those things I won't be able to say yes to if I was still you know just heading that kitchen. And so I'm excited um, at all that's coming my way. I have Truffle Masters coming up as well as Butcher's Ball Dinner. I might be doing something at South by Southwest. So, yeah, I mean, all of these things are so amazing. And um, if that trip to Africa works out, but uh, best believe it's going to be very well documented <laughs> and brought back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you want to you preview what you're doing at Truffle Masters or you want to? Oh, yeah, I would love to. So I am smoking and uh, smoking off some bone marrow. And I'm going to turn it into some bone marrow butter. And then I'm going to take some smoked brisket that I made. And I'm going to dehydrate it and have a smoked brisket salt, which people saw at Sunday Press because I did the brisket salt over some popcorn, which was amazing. Um, and so it's going to be finished with pickle salt, uh, uh, with uh, brisket salt. I'll have pickle veg on it, on a crostini. It's kind of simple. And then the shaved truffle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I will say, as a, I won't be there this year, unfortunately, but but I will say oh, as no. a... As a former truffle master's judge, just you know, don't don't be skimpy with the truffle. Like you know, okay, <laughs> bring the truffle. Okay, note it, duly note it. I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my only piece yeah. of advice. Okay. Um, well, Michelle, this has been a lot of fun. I I've come to the yeah. end of my questions. 
Is there anything else you'd like to talk about that I haven't asked you about? No, um, my website should be live, and that's going to be between dot uh, us. Between is that between dot us is the uh, website address, and and that people can follow me there. There's going to be a cal- There is a calendar attached, and you can see all the events that I'll be a part of, and then kind of what's coming up as far as pop up events or any other specialty events that I'm a part of. And um, yeah, just go to that website if there are any questions, if someone wants between to come out to do some amazing sandwiches, that's perfect, or any other cookie. And then also, Eric, people continue to ask me about these biscuits. So there'll be a link there to purchase biscuits by the half dozen or dozen should someone want some specialized biscuits there. So yeah, we always, <laughs> oh, you know, I, I, I forgot to ask you about barbecue brawl. Oh, yes. <laughs> How was your dipping your toe into reality television? I It was amazing, actually. And um, I've stayed connected with mostly everybody uh, from the show, including Jet. And, 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 you know, Bobby's always very busy, but we've messaged here and there. I've seen Brooke Williamson and, Clint, and, and I'm sorry, Southern Smoke. I keep seeing her. We, we cooked. Greg and I cooked on the set of uh, Top Chef, so I saw her there. Um, she's amazing. I love her. And then... Uh, Still stay in contact with Rodney Scott just via social media slightly. And um, it was really amazing. The the uh, feedback that I got was that everybody loved me on um, the show. And uh, they felt like I got dipped. <laughs> they felt like I got shorted and cut early. So, you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Yeah, I I remember kind of watching that show. Like, I, you know, because you were on it and, and Don Wynn from, from Koi Barbecue was on it. And I was kind of following along and yeah, it just felt like there were like, you could get cut for reasons that really had very little to do with your food. Right. And that, that was the only thing about that show was it just seemed like if your mentor or whatever cooked a bad dish or, or took right. over yeah. or guided you in the wrong direction or, or whatever, you know, your team would lose and then somebody would have to go and it, it just, it didn't quite seem fair it, yeah and you know yeah that's all i can say to it. yeah i feel like <laughs> yeah this is this I'm is just, like this is like barbecuing all over again you don't have to say anything you can i'll i'll take the heat for you, you just be like yeah, well you know that guy but, that guy's very opinionated uh, speaks his mind. yeah no it was it was a really great experience um if anything don and i are super cool and close we actually i have been speaking about uh doing a collaboration so you guys should be on the lookout for that because i think that's going to be really really fun uh and what we do so um hopefully that should be either either later this month or sometime in april so we'll see all right. So did you get the itch for more reality TV or are you, you good? A little bit. I lo- I really love being on the camera. I, I loved it. Um, in that setting, you got a chance to show your personality, but I would love to show kind of more of my personality, kind of delve into it. So, yeah, I kind of got the, the little itch for it. <laughs> well, you know, we've we've had some we've had some luck in the city with talented lady chefs on top chefs. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know. You gotta. You gotta talk to Don and Evelyn and maybe get. Yeah. Maybe get, <laughs> Listen, maybe get had, connected I've with the casting. I've had that agent. conversation definitely with both of them briefly. So and 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 uh, Sasha. So you know, you you never know. All right. Well, we'll we'll keep our fingers crossed for you, uh, Michelle. I'm again. Thank you. Give people. So you mentioned the website. Give people the Instagram and the website one more time so they can 
they can keep track of what you're up to. Yes. So my Instagram uh, is between the slices or between sandwich company and are actually between sandwich co. And then the website is between dot us. So you can find me out, find out more information there. I upload to my social media as much as I can, but especially with all the pertinent information where you guys can come and enjoy some amazing sandwiches. So, Right. And just to be clear for people, it's it's between B-T-W-E-E-N. So no. Yeah, it's just a little zhuzh, you know. <laughs> yeah, a little, a little, a little, uh, a little. <laughs> put spin on it. Yes. <laughs> yes, right, well, yes, yes. I really appreciate you having me, Eric. And thank you for this time for me to uh, just kind of speak about my company. So. Yeah, no, it's 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 good to have you back on the show and, and much success with, with Between Sandwich Co. And, and we'll look forward to an announcement about a, a brick and mortar here sometime in the next, well, hopefully by the end of the year, you'll give us yeah, just a little more sure. insight into what you're working on. Okay, thank you. You can follow me on Instagram at Eric Sandler. Keep it locked on culturemap.com for all the latest Houston bar and restaurant news. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week.